Hello and welcome to MIMS Moments. Today I'm joined by Adrian Potter, a combined solution-focused hypnotherapist. Today we're going to talk about how she became a hypnotherapist. Welcome Adrian. Okay, I'm just going to pass it over to you. Hi Mim, thanks for having me on today. Uh, yeah, so hypnotherapy, where do I start? Um, well, it started back in 2018. Um, I'd spent, I think, about 12 or 13 years working as a sports therapist. I'd qualified in my early 30s when my young young son started school. Needed to go back to work, wanted to go back to work, but uh, didn't want that life of employment. So I decided to retrain and uh, sports therapy was the, the industry that I fell into. Um, had no idea what I was letting myself in for. Had no idea whether I was going to enjoy it or not. But uh, yeah, it ended up being something that I just completely and utterly fell in love with. Loved my clients. No days, no two days were the same, and no two clients were the same. Um, and it was just refreshing seeing the impact that it was making on people's lives on a daily basis. Seeing them walk in with with one type of pain and walk out with a completely different type of pain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I somehow managed to uh, earn myself the title of Little Miss Sadistic. I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or not. <laughs> yeah. You know a lot about the body and the mind and how they combine together. So what happened to draw you out from being a sports therapist into the journey of a hypnotherapist? Well, it was very much like the, the sports therapy. I fell into the hypnotherapy. So I'd been working as a sports therapist from about 2005, but in 2013 got diagnosed with breast cancer. And unfortunately, the treatment that I underwent, so the chemotherapy and the um, hormone therapy that I was on, it caused a lot of damage to my arms and to my hands. And I found that having previously been able to do massage for about 40 hours a week without any problems I was struggling to do just four hours a week constantly in pain and tendonitis and I'm very much if I'm doing something I'm doing it properly so I, I took the decision to step away from the sports therapy and I did spend a couple of years floundering not sure what to do because I just needed something that was going to give me the same fulfillment that the the sports therapy had Hypnotherapy was something that fascinated me for years, but I hadn't been able to find the right course. And then I came across one based in Nottingham where they offered a free taster weekend. So I did the weekend and just completely fell in love with it. As I say, that was 2018. Um, and the more I got into the course, the more and more I fell in love with it. And I just love everything that it gives. It just gives so much more satisfaction than the sports therapy did and I just never thought that was ever going to be possible. It sounds like you fell into the right career then uh, and again you've been involved with people and seen their journeys and how they're combining their their lifestyle and how they feel in their mind and that's all to do with what they're putting into the body I guess. Yeah very much turning it's interesting that you you should touch on that because that's actually the avenue that I'm going down at the moment with my, my current message for existing customers and, and new customers that are coming on board is the connection between the gut and the mind and, and we are what we eat, you know. We've got um, a vagus nerve that runs from the gut up to the brain and the brain is actually considered the second, sorry, the, the gut is considered the second brain 
because of the way it interacts with with the brain um, and the whole food mood situation and uh, whole food mood connection rather um, so yeah it is very much a case of what you put in is is what we get out from a from a, a mood and um, what's the word I'm thinking of um, frame of mind situation so uh, yeah that's what that's the avenue that I'm going down at the moment and do you find that helps with yourself in your recovery? Yeah, very, very much so. Um, it's interesting how when I went through the breast cancer the first time around back in 2013, 2014, I didn't consider um, my lifestyle particularly. I just continued eating what I wanted to eat when I wanted to eat it. And I, I was uh, exercising at the same time. And I put a lot of weight on and I just kept saying, oh, well, it's the menopause, it's the menopause because I was pushed into the menopause. And I was very much in victim mode, really feeling sorry for myself. Well, I've had cancer and my dad died from cancer and I've lost friends to cancer. So, you know, I'm just going to live my life. And then in September last year, I found a lump in my neck. In fact, this time, 12 months ago, I was waiting for an MRI scan. And it turned out that the, the lump that I found was actually a rogue breast cancer cell and was re-diagnosed with secondary breast cancer. And I approached it from a very different angle this year, this time, um, and became very conscious of what I was putting into my body and how I was treating my body. And that's had a massive impact on me over the last 12 months. So much so that in your recent tests, um, if you want to tell us what happened there, yeah, so um, I think it was November last year they told me that I've got a stage four secondary cancer. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, generally when you're diagnosed with stage four secondaries, it's, it's essentially it's a life sentence for you. Um, but I refused to accept it and started doing a lot of research, read some books and completely changed my diet and my lifestyle. So I cut a lot of foods out of my diets, um, sugars, alcohol, caffeine, dairy, meat, etc. And I started meditating and got more active. And within three months, I had actually eradicated all cancer from my body, which completely shocked the oncologist. I bet it did, yeah. <laughs> it shocked me as well, even though I know about it because I read about it. But it's amazing. And I mean, people can be feel very inspired by you I mean how do you feel about being an inspiration to people it's heartwarming I think because I know so many people who are affected by cancer and as I mentioned earlier now I lost my dad to cancer like 19 years ago prior to my original diagnosis I'd lost three friends to breast cancer in sort of like the previous 15 months one was 31 one was 40 and the other one was only 44 and I was like I'd always had the, the the mindset after Dad had died that I was going to live my life and do the things that Dad didn't get the opportunity to do. But actually having had this second diagnosis, I took the decision to live my life. You know, I'm almost 50 and I've still got too much living to do. And there's a very different mindset between not wanting to die and wanting to live. And I'm very much on the path of I want to live. And if I can inspire others to take control of their lives and actually prevent cancer, then that's kind of the, the route and the, the mission that I'm on right now. And long may it continue. <laughs> and the part of your 
the lifestyle changes as well. You're doing more exercise and encouraging people to do the same. I follow <laughs> I follow you on both your ac- accounts because you have one called the Positive Pickle as well. And you've put like mini sort of exercise videos on there. I mean, I haven't got up to doing the handstand that you're very good at doing. <laughs> but I've had a go at the one where you have the beans and you're lifting them up and things. Because not everybody can go straight out there and, you know, run 5K. I mean, I've been doing the couch to 5K. So, but not everyone can do that. So you're inspiring people. And you're also into collaborating with other people. Uh, Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so there's a couple of people that I collaborate with. One um, is a lovely local lady called Julie. And she's got lavender tree therapies. She introduced me to the wonders of essential oils. So I've used essential oils for years, but I just used to put them in an oil burner, which apparently is not the thing to do. Um, Essential oils, if you're going to use them, they really should either be used in a diffuser um, or if you're using the doTERRA ones that I'm now using, uh, courtesy of Julie, um, I can actually use them topically, but I can actually use them internally as well, which is brilliant. Um, and the other company that I um, collaborated with this year as well is Paisley Lifestyle. So they're based up at um, Far Forest. So Emma owns Paisley Flower Catering and she's, when the pandemic hit, she set up the lifestyle meals as well, which has been absolutely brilliant. Um, because when you're in that place of stress and you haven't got time to cook properly, it's great just being able to reach into the fridge or the freezer and just grab a meal that's pre-prepared. But, you know, it's not full of additives. So they're the the two that I've collaborated with so far. I am looking for other collaborations as well. Um, Potentially PTs that have got clients that they want to get fit, they want to get healthy, but there's just a little blockage there. So um, look into my eyes and uh, (laughs) not around my eyes, but look into my eyes. (laughs) And we can do some mindset work as well to help with that uh, that fitness and the, the weight weight management side of things and health 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 management so yeah so if anybody's out there that wants to collaborate with a wonderful adrian you know where to come <laughs> thank you very much for talking to me today and you can find out all adrian's contact details and where to find more information about life and wellness on my podcast information. Okay, I'll just leave the last word to Adrian. Thank you so much for having me on uh, your on MIMS moments today. Uh, it's been really enjoyable chatting to you and uh, wishing you every luck with uh, the rest of your podcast series. Thanks, MIMS.